Welcome to Ellendale Market Talk. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. Today's episode is going to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the markets, but we're going to talk specifically about some of the fund activity that we're seeing or we could see as we move forward. So, Mike, let's uh, let's dive right in. We talked last week about this uh, potential head and shoulders top in corn and beans. Let's get uh, everybody caught up on where we're at with that. So right now, the beans still look amazing uh, for a textbook example of what a head and shoulders top should look like. And a lot of people are real hung up on the fact of uh, it needs to be a descending neckline, which, in fact, is not actually completely true. Uh, there's a book out that entitled Chart Patterns, where Bukowski goes through and he does uh, studies on when chart formations are the most uh, likely in order to fulfill and one of those is actually the opposite for head and shoulders tops which is if it is a horizontal neckline that's going to be the most likely with a an ascending neckline actually a little bit more likely than descending neckline in order to actually be broken out and fulfilled uh, so it's an interesting look as of right now you broke the uh, neckline but you did not close below it so it's not confirmed yet uh, could be something to watch pretty intensely here tomorrow with uh, 1144 and a quarter being where that neckline's going to come into play tomorrow. Now, let's talk about this real quick before we switch over to our fund conversation. But we're starting to see the Goldman roll uh, come into the uh, end of the beans. Um, mm -hmm. Does that have any effect on where you are watching for this, uh, this head and shoulders uh, top formation? Are you still looking at it from... Uh, the perspective of the the January contract, or are you shifting out to look at the uh, the March contract? I would still be looking at the January at this point. You got a couple weeks until options go off the board uh, for January. So with the most focused on January, if you're using it as a spec trade, uh, you'd stick with the front month. If you're using it for a longer term hedge, hey, I think it's going to go down here for X, Y, Z. I still have this amount in my bin. Then you probably have more likelihood to go out. Uh, just avoid any kind of rolling costs at this point. It's not like you have some kind of carry you're worried about. Um, so you could always just go straight out to March with it. If now we didn't, from hedge. we didn't talk about this last week, but is there a, is there a head and shoulders uh, formed on the wheat as well? Or, or what, uh, what's leading to the, uh, uh, to the technical weakness in that, uh, in that market? The wheat looks more like a descending hedge at this, or not hedge wedge at this point. Uh, it's not as clear cut. You had a head and shoulders look to it that did not pan out well, that turned into a more pennant formation and then broke lower. So if anything, I think you could be looking at this, uh, descending wedge as a better look for you at this time for the wheat. Okay. And then, um, we saw something, uh, a little bit interesting last week. Now we were talking about on the corn, the head and shoulders, uh, top potential, but something else that we saw is we made a new contract high on the March contract last uh, last Sunday night into Monday morning, and then we finished uh, uh, we finished the week actually below uh, the previous week. So we we took out the top of the previous week, we took out the bottom of the previous week, and finished below it. Uh, what's the negativity? Or what's the likelihood of that uh, continuing to weigh on the uh, technicals for corn? As of right, it's pretty heavy. Uh, you have the outside week lower which never looks great on a chart formation you have trade that's already in this sideways pattern where we're up at some higher levels especially compared to where we're at the beginning of the year um 
but you just don't have any kind of new fundamental picture that can sway into the uh, into the realm here. And with no new news to feed the bowl while we're already hovering up here, that outside week lower definitely puts a weight in the back of investors' minds as well as risk managers. Uh, okay. So and as long as that's in play, it's definitely a weight to be worried about. Sure. Now, as we as, let's dive right into our, our main uh, uh, focus uh, for today, which is talking a little bit about the funds. And we saw last week through last Tuesday that the uh, the funds were sellers in uh, corn, beans and wheat. They're now short. Uh, they have a net short position in the wheat. Um, we've kind of seen that they topped this. Uh, they topped their positioning out uh, back at I think it was the end of October. Maybe it was the beginning of November. Um, when it comes to the corn and the uh, and the bean positions, um, now you would talked about uh, something interesting as far as the the potential or the ability for these funds to uh, maybe exit the market but hide what they're doing as they do it. Uh, you want to go into some detail on that? Yeah. So as we get closer and closer to the end of the year, you're going to have funds that are looking to close out a portion of their books so that way they can show that they have done something for the year. They can get paid for it. So. When they're taking into account this massive position that they're holding, how do I get out of these positions without scaring the market into thinking that I'm exiting? And that's where people are watching. You're watching minute charts. You're watching for big volume spikes on the futures contracts. But in fact, you could also be looking at the options, which are derivatives of the futures, and using those as an ability to get out of the market. We have these January options that go off the board on December 24th. So if I wanted to hold myself into what's called a collared position to lock in the profits, what I could be doing is buying a put and selling a call above. If it, we keep going up, you get cross exercise against the call, which put a short position on, taking you out of your long position, or vice versa, if we're below the put, same thing. It'll be exercised into a short futures, which would then Exit, yeah, your long futures. So it's a way of getting into another position, collaring in your profits, but also not advertising to the whole market that, hey, I'm getting out of my positions. You should be really worried at this point and flush out too, because then they're risking profit at that point and they're, uh, they have to account for that, which is uh, for terminology purposes called slippage. How much does me getting out of this position move the market? And how can I minimize that so that way I can keep as many as much profit as possible in my position? Well, that sounds I mean, that sounds like what they're doing is they're almost uh, pushing off that decision or even that uh, that market movement until after the options, say, say the, the January options go off the board uh, on Christmas Eve, that when we come back to work that following Monday, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh We'll see this massive slide if that's the if that's the case that they get if they get uh, stopped out or that they get the offsetting uh, short position uh, on the futures uh, put in there. Is mm -hmm. that is that kind of what we'd be looking at? Is that all of a sudden we come back uh, on whatever day it is, December twenty eighth, and the the market's down or we gap lower by you know five six cents something like that? Is that what we're going to see? It's something to. Be watching most definitely. If you see open interest automatically drop by 50,000 contracts or whatever it may be, uh, it's a big sign that funds may have well just been cross exercised against their options and futures and now are exited a big chunk of their uh, 
position, which we won't be able to see until the commitments treasury report, which is a delayed report. Right. Now, this uh, this is a different thing, whereas, you know, it, as we see this a lot of times in uh, when they get loaded up to one side or the other, whether they're uh, extremely net short or net long, um, the market starts to go against them. They start to uh, they start to bail out of positions. Well, we talk about how the uh, the funds get themselves underwater, and they are the first to they they lose when this market turns around. This seems like this is a smarter play for them to kind of manipulate that market still, as people like you said are watching the futures and not necessarily watching the options. But it also gives them to a way to lock in that profit just in case, and then. If the market does completely fall apart, they 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 got themselves out without uh, getting beaten up. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a good way of locking in that position, being able to sit back and stop the worry that okay now I need to sit here and meticulously get out of twenty, thirty, forty contracts mm-hmm. all day long, as opposed to just coming here and buy the options, have yourself locked in, and you can still go in there. And reduce your position by minor amounts so that way you're not alerting everyone to what you're doing, but also take some of that stress off your back. Now, with without getting into too much of, you know, fund psychology here, what, you know, what percentage do, would you think uh, the funds pay attention to the fundamentals of a market versus the technicals in a market? Is it a pretty, pretty even split or is it uh, depending on the time of the year, depending on, uh, you know, what's, uh, what's going on in, in other markets? What, what's your thought there? I would have to assume with the amount of money they have at their fingertips, they'd be more focused on the fundamentals than they would at the technicals. Uh, technicals are something we're able to watch to really monitor what the trade psychology is. Uh, but they'll have trade psychology in there, but I think with the amount of money they have, they have to be more of longer term traders, which will be more focused on the fundamental picture. Okay, so they're they're watching the the demand picture for for corn or or soybeans and saying, you know what, we sh- we have strong strong demand and it's folk it's forecast to continue to be that way. So they may not take this uh, this two hundred and fifty thousand uh, long position in corn or one hundred and ninety thousand long position in in beans and take it back to a, a fully neutral or even short position uh, over the winter. They may. Uh, the smaller a smaller long position uh, into next spring as we start to develop the uh, the weather for next spring in, in planting or or we start to make decisions on on uh, acreage as well correct right they might reduce their position but that also might give them an ability to put money on the sideline to then return at a lower uh, or buying point so mm-hmm. just like you said, we got a lot of uncertainty here. We got a president, a new president that's coming next month. We have the China trade deal that's getting a little bit more questionable by the day. We're seeing
You guys can look at allendale-inc.com, and there's going to be a subscription uh, on there that you can sign up for for Snapshot. Gets your weekly Snapshot in there that's new to the Snapshot product, where Rich will go, Rich and Steve will go over what we're looking at a weekly basis. But importantly for this week and tomorrow is that USDA Snapshot that's going to really dive into the numbers, give you all the data. But that can all be found on our site at allendale-inc.com. Any questions for us, please give us a call at 800-262-7538. But this week for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung, Greg McBride, signing off. You guys have a great one out there.